So today, we are talking about the very beginnings of the church. And I think it's quite appropriate on this day that we are celebrating uh, Haley and Aaron and uh, Luke and uh, Jake and Ella all becoming part of our church to remember our baptisms, remember how we are initiated into Christ's body, as well as to remember how this whole thing got started and what it is that we are part of. And so all the people, all the disciples of Jesus were gathered in one place. They were gathered in a room together, waiting, watching. And about the time that they thought, well, what's going on here? Is Jesus really going to pour out the Holy Spirit? All of a sudden, as they're gathered in that place, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. And it sounds like the rushing of a mighty wind and uh, tongues of fire separate and uh, hover over their heads. And they begin to speak in other languages. And they go out of the room and those languages are the languages of the people in Jerusalem who are there for the celebration and are hearing the gospel of Jesus for the first time in their own languages. All these Jews who had gathered into Jerusalem from the diaspora, who were from all these different countries, were hearing the good news of Christ in their own native tongues. And they were wondering, what is going on here? It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And some of them were amazed and, go, and you know, saying, wow, this is incredible. And others were kind of skeptical, saying, oh, these guys are off. There's something wrong here. I, they must be drunk or something. I'm serious. It's in the Bible. You can read it. <laughs> and, it and to prove it to you, it's, it's right here in verse nine. The, uh, no, these, these men are drunk. They're they're, uh, they're not really full of the Holy Spirit. They're full of a different kind of spirit. Anyways, Peter gets up and he talks to the whole people. And, and in my mind, I've always imagined this as for there to be this great of a crowd. Peter had to be up somewhere. And, and you know, they're gathered in the same room where they took communion for the Last Supper with Jesus. And so they're in this upper room. So I imagine Peter's on some sort of rooftop or balcony. And he's speaking to the people. And he's telling them, for the first time, the whole story of Jesus. You know, maybe some of those people had heard all these stories and rumors of Jesus. They'd seen that man be crucified. And now here was Peter in front of God and everybody claiming that this man, Jesus, had actually risen from the dead, had actually conquered sin and death and evil, that this man, who was the Lord and Messiah, could not be held down by death. And it says that the people were cut to the heart. This reminds me, I think, uh, similar to the feeling that maybe John Wesley had whenever John Wesley was kind of re-exploring his faith. He'd gone through difficult times in his spiritual journey. 
and he was gathered in a room with people hearing the stories of Jesus. And his heart was strangely warmed. And, and I think there's something to be said about this. And the people were cut to the heart and asked, what then should we do? Because Peter said to them, this Lord and Messiah is the same one that you killed just weeks ago. And so they are cut to the heart and say, what should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized, and then you will receive forgiveness, and you will also receive the Holy Spirit. What you see going on here in us, you can have that too. And to this day, we continue that practice. We continue that message. And it says on that first day that there were some who accepted this message. They welcomed the message. And 3,000 people were baptized that first day. They heard this story this compelling story that this man, Jesus, a homeless Jew who lived and worked with the poor and the outcast, this man who was killed by the authorities, who could not stay dead, <laughs> was raised again, this man was the man that they wanted to orient their lives around. That word repent is kind of an old-fashioned term, isn't it? This idea of repent, it kind of reminds you of those uh, kind of gospel tent revivals when uh, the, the, uh, the good old-fashioned preachers were banging their fists and saying, repent, repent, repent. Repent simply means to reorient one's life around Jesus Christ. And that's what Haley and Aaron and the other confirmands are going to publicly proclaim today. The same thing that each one of us hopefully proclaims, at least to ourselves and hopefully to others, every single day. That our lives are going to be oriented around this man, Jesus, and his way of life, and his message that the kingdom of God, the love of God, is for all people, and we want that for ourselves. I kind of think of it like uh, magnets. You know, there's, there's north and south pole to magnets, right? And if you put the wrong ends together, they kind of push apart. But if you line the ends up correctly, they stick together. And you can put multiple magnets around a single magnet. And I, I kind of think of Jesus as that orienting magnet in our lives around which you are drawn, which points us in the right direction. which sets us up to love others the way that he did. Jesus is the orienting concern 
in our lives. I want you to hear this one verse. It's the main verse that I think around which the rest of the text kind of turns. And it's verse 36. Peter says to the people in the crowd, Let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Lord and Messiah. To proclaim Jesus as Lord and Messiah. That is how we orient our lives. For Jesus to be Lord means that Caesar is not. For Jesus to be Lord means that whatever else we want to orient our lives on, those things are not. For Jesus to be Lord means that Jesus is both divine and human. For Jesus to be our Messiah means that Jesus is the one who delivers us from sin and death. Jesus is the one who conquers evil. That evil does not have the last word in this life. And so the girls today will be affirming that Jesus is Lord and Messiah for them and for all of creation. And we, along with them, will remember our own baptisms and our own faith proclamations that Jesus is Lord and Messiah, and that Jesus' way of life is primary for ours. That Jesus' magnet is the one we want to be attached to. That we want Jesus to turn us around and be connected to God. So I'm really excited about this opportunity for participating in confirmation is that time in our lives where up to this point your faith has been your parents. You've been brought to this point and now you are claiming the next step as yours. You are saying, this is not just my parents' faith, it's mine. And I want to reorient my life according to Christ's. And so what I would encourage you and everybody to do is to remember this moment. And remember all the moments where you sensed God's presence in your life and to hold on to them and to don't ever stop believing. Amen. Amen.